Welcome to the Industries in Motion podcast from RBC Capital Markets, where we take the time to explore what's new and what's next in today's fast-moving markets to help you stay ahead of the curve. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclosures. My name is Peter Dawkins, and I'm the product manager here in London, UK for RBC Capital Markets. Uh, and I'm very excited today to be joined by Carl Green, a key member of our business services team. Uh, and we're going to be discussing something today that I think has been at the top of almost every news headline over the last few months and, and maybe even years, but hopefully from an angle that a lot of people have not necessarily considered, and that's AI, uh, but how AI might actually impact the customer service industry. Uh, so Carl, thanks again for joining us today. Uh, and maybe we can just kind of start with, you know, why do you think this subject of AI has become so topical and, and maybe come at it from the angle of, of, of customer service as well? Yeah, thanks, Peter. That's absolutely right. I think that um, AI has really kicked into people's uh, focus for a number of reasons. Firstly, it's all over the media at the moment. People are well aware of what is happening with chat GPT. So that's chat generative predictive transformer technology, which is the next generation of artificial intelligence. There's been quite a lot of uh, academic papers that have been written about this and what it might mean for certain industries. And customer service, or also known as the customer experience industry, has been put front and center by some people as potentially being affected. I think some of the leading industry players in customer service have also been talking about it as well, potentially that accelerating levels of automation, which we've seen previously, but I think is likely to pick up pace as we go forward. And I think also lots of observers, just the armchair observers, uh, can see for themselves that with the power of a well-designed uh, uh, generative AI system, that there are lots of tasks at the moment that could be made much slicker and could indeed ultimately one day be automated. And I think that's why I was so um, interested in having you on today, because I think so much of the conversation has been about, you know, things like video games or uh, art or programming, how it's going to revolutionize those industries. But I don't think many people spend as much time thinking about the things that they do on a day-to-day -day basis where it could, could it really impact them. So... In your opinion, do you, do you think when we look at customer service, is AI going to revolutionize the, the industry like some of these other ones? Or how do you think the industry is going to change over the next few years? Yeah, I, I, I think that, that actually, uh, certainly for the foreseeable future, it's going to be an evolutionary process. I think people need to bear in mind that if we look back over the last 15 to 20 years, we've actually had a lot of significant step changes in the delivery of customer experience and, and customer service. And if we go back in time, we can think about basic voice recognition technologies so say yes say no give me your uh, date of birth etc in a verbal format and uh, a system being able to pick up on that but latterly we've also had uh, user interfaces uh, which have been much more uh, well designed particularly on mobile apps we've had people self-serving on the internet we've had some reasonably well advanced uh, chatbots which can deal with some of the more basic queries uh, but I think that uh, all of those applications have led to uh, a degree of frustration from uh, consumers and citizens as to whether they can get the answers they want as quickly as they want. And I think, therefore, adoption hasn't been quite as great as people were perhaps predicting 10 years ago. So I think self-service is going to be the real watchword here. Um, but I think that the way that it's implemented, as we'll go on and talk about, is going to be in a much more uh, measured, measured way. I mean, I guess as a follow-up, you know, I'm one of those people that as soon as I get onto the, the whole bot, I'm trying to hit zero to, to, to speak to a human. Uh, what do you 
think this actual service will look like, or maybe you could describe where we could be in five years in terms of if I do actually need customer service or I'm calling up one of these Fortune 500 companies who's using uh, an AI customer service platform, uh, what do you think the experience might look like for somebody in that situation? Yeah, I, I think the simple answer to that is that the experience is likely to look much more hybridized. So I think that we'll have a greater integration between uh, self-service upfront in the in the uh, conversation, assuming it's a voice call, uh, and then humans stepping in at the the appropriate point in time. I think people would recognize that already in terms of some of the experiences they've had, but I think people will be surprised at the sophistication of the uh, systems which are in place to actually engage what you're intending to do, what you hope to achieve from that interaction. And it can be big corporations, but it can also be government departments. It can be healthcare providers. There's a wide range of applications here. It's not just limited to commercial, what we call business to consumer or B2C type environments. So I think it's likely to be hybridized. I think within the customer experience industry, people would describe that as being high touch, high tech. So a combination of the human element, but also decent tech support level as well. So I think the future is likely to be more efficient. It's likely to be better for users of the the experience. And it's likely to be more efficient in terms of the delivery of that service, whether it's corporates doing self-delivery of customer service or whether they're using outsourced CX providers, outsourced customer experience providers. I think that's really interesting that you've described it as this hybrid approach, because I think a lot of people, when, when they think of AI, they think, you know, the whole industry is just going to change. And I think it was very apt how you said it's an evolution, not a revolution. Um, but I am curious, you know, if in five years we think the industry does look like a, a hybrid approach, how rapidly do you think we could approach a, you know, fully automated system where I might not even be aware of it, but I won't actually interact with a human being on the other end? Yeah, I think over the very long term, it is an inevitability here that we will see the vast majority of interactions automated there will be a, a trust in systems to deliver accurate information uh be able to gauge people's intent be able to uh, sense their emotional state as well we'll go back and talk about some of that emotional intelligence a little bit later on perhaps uh, but i think in in the near term certainly on a three to five year view there are a number of practical ob obstacles to the implementation of high level conversational ai solutions where to your point you would think you were speaking to to a human human rather than a, uh, than a robot. Um, I think in terms of the biggest uh, obstacles to implementation, misinformation is a significant risk in terms of what these uh, uh, GPT systems are actually trained on. So they go through vast training programs at the moment in terms of open AI solutions. So that's been basically trained on uh, publicly available information, which is widely accessible on the internet. There are significant security concerns and data protection concerns in place, which makes it much harder to have commercial grade AI systems that have been trained on the requisite level of data that allows them to basically um, uh, put the neural networks in place to be able to infer what you're asking about and look for the right answers. And, you know, those neural networks have been around for a long time with the sophistication with which they're being deployed now has taken, uh, taken a step forward. The, the the data privacy is something that's really it's something very very important to think about Cybersecurity goes hand in hand with that so the ability of these clouds to be to be hacked as well you obviously want service providers whether it's in-house and you're doing it on an armed black basis or whether it's a full turnkey solution on an outsourced basis you've got to be convinced that the cybersecurity is in place and then there are other ethical dimensions as well in terms of 
what uh, a generative AI system could do if it knows, in inverted commas, too much about you. There are risks of bias, there are risks of mis-selling, and so the guard rate really needs to be put in place first uh, with very, very low tolerance for mistakes before these uh, systems can be rolled out uh, to their full extent. So that is something which isn't going to happen very quickly. We haven't really touched on the fact that there are going to be very significant skill shortages in terms of people who are able uh, to implement these systems and do it in an ethically and secure data secure manner. So there are human skill shortages as well, which I think are likely to drive bottlenecks in the system. So I think we're a long way between the theoretical reality of what people can hypothesize about in academic papers that we've reported about uh, to where we're actually operating in, in 10 years' time. So I think very, very long-term, it's going to happen. Automation is the, is, is the or large-scale automation is the core scenario, but if we've got a long pathway to get there first, and a lot is going to happen on the route down to that that Navarre, so to speak. You just said something that's that's really interesting to me is is that skill shortage because you know AI is going to be ballooning everywhere. Um, there's only a finite amount of people that can do it, and, and there's going to be challenges not just to getting AI for customer service, but AI across all of the industries. So when we look at customer service today, how is the industry structured? Is it in-house? You know, is it outsourced? And how do you think AI is going to shape the industry? How much is this industry going to change over the next 5, 10, 20 years as AI is actually successfully implemented? Yeah, yeah. So in terms of the industry structure at the moment, approximately a third of the industry is, is uh, entrusted to outsourced CX providers, and about two-thirds is done in-house. Uh, and I think where the uh, the outsourced uh, providers pride themselves is that they're very good at marrying up best-in-class technology with emotional intelligence, and that's something which they're majoring on, I think, um, in this 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 new world. I think that as people's expectations of customer service go up, uh, the ability to have uh, someone that is kind of on hand and online in the background when maybe there's an automated element happening, ready to just click um, from uh, automated solution to human-led solution. And obviously that can be a scenario where someone's maybe having a very delicate conversation uh, about maybe a medical scenario. It could be where a customer support issue just isn't being resolved enough and people start getting in a heightened emotional state. And people can come in and smooth the path, smooth the path rather to uh, an accelerated resolution of people's uh, queries, concerns, or, or, or problems. So I think that, that is something which is going to be increasingly difficult to do because I think the training that goes behind that is going to become more complicated. I think the expectations of customer service representatives are likely to be uh, going up. And therefore, I think it is going to become more of a specialized uh, uh, offering that is, is put forward. I think, therefore, we're likely to see, certainly over the next decade, uh, an acceleration of outsourcing uh, towards trusted third-party providers. But I don't exclude the possibility that over the very long term, the AI becomes so sophisticated that it can actually start fine-tuning itself, can start tweaking itself, and that effectively it becomes easier to, to, to insource or have some of those solutions just bought off the peg. So I think there's a really interesting debate there as to what it looks like in 20 years' time. But I think certainly over the next decade, uh, the big players uh, are going to be seeing increased outsourcing. And I also think that the um, uh, the market share gains will be going up as well because I think it's going to be increasingly difficult for smaller mid-sized outsourced players to compete in terms of global breadth and understanding global changes in technology. So I think that bigger outsourced CX providers are, are well positioned at the moment to benefit from these, these rapid changes we're seeing uh, in the market. 
I think as well, just in terms of being balanced, uh, what we're likely to see as we see that switch from basically paying people to respond to queries and interactions to something that's more automated and more scalable is that we will see a deflationary wave that breaks across the industry. Now, the industry has dealt with that for a long time previously. We've dealt with offshoring, which has been deflationary. We've dealt with existing automation trends. So it's not new for the industry. They've been dealing with that. And the bigger players generally have been taking what we call a greater share of from the big customers, their big clients. So I think that you know, in terms of dealing with that deflationary impact on their revenues and potentially better profit margins, uh, that that is something which is going to favor bit bigger players. And I think that's a really interesting observation, not just the AI within the customer experience realm, but maybe AI in general is that it's clearly going to be extraordinarily disruptive uh, for these these you know small to medium sized companies. You can see that consolidation occur, but equally interesting is that after that, it might just disrupt itself again and and go back into the hands of of the small and and, and mid sized players. And I I do think that speaks to you know, quite a volatile environment for AI. It's not just going to change it all once. It might change it all again and, and, and again. So I think that's a really interesting observation. So I might just follow up on that. And, you know, we've talked about the disruption, the volatility, uh, but I guess looking at it from another angle, what kind of opportunities do you see this industry change uh, creating? Yeah, and I think that's a really important point, which um, I think some of the uh, more skeptical observers in capital markets miss is that there there will be revenue streams being generated in customer experience and customer service, which just don't exist at the moment. Uh, and I think uh, a parallel here would be what we've seen in terms of content moderation activities, which uh, 10 years ago, I think people really underestimated the extent to which we'd seen vast amounts of user generated uh, uh, content being put out there into the uh, into the blogosphere and into the, uh, the wider internet. And that's generated an industry that's growing at a profound rate um, to, to cope with that. And I think that there will be functions that uh, are linked to managing the ethics of AI deployment. There will be uh, massive opportunities in data analytics, in system design, um, and in a general uh, AI deployment and integration with wider corporate systems where we ultimately see a, a crossover between CX integrators and classic business process outsourcing or BPO integrators as well. So I think you're going to see a bit of a clash of cultures. But I think that CX operators at the moment have the advantage that as long as there is the requirement for hybrid systems and ultimately in some sectors and in some verticals, there will be a requirement almost forever. But having the ability to manage voice and manage those hybrid systems is something which some of these purely digital competitors won't be able to do. So I think that they're in a good position to move out into the world and really capitalize on some of these new revenue streams. Those revenue streams won't be in my models. They won't be in wider consensus models uh, at the moment. But you can guarantee in five to 10 years time, if we were sitting down here again, we'd be talking about these new revenue streams and the extent to which they're growing and supporting uh, an interesting equity story for some of the big uh, outsourced CX providers. That's really interesting because, you know, now we've talked about the disruption, we've talked about the volatility, we've talked about the opportunity. Uh, it's clearly that this is going to be an industry among many that is is deeply influenced by the advent of AI. But really, I, I want to thank you for your time today because I think this has been a really insightful discussion about an area that will impact all of us on our day-to-day -day lives. 
uh, but perhaps that doesn't get as much coverage or attention in the media regarding the potential disruption of AI. So firstly, just thank you. But before we say goodbye, are there any closing thoughts that you, you might like to add? Yeah, I, I think customer service is something we take for granted de- these days. And I think the, the outlook is uh, for a better customer service industry going forwards. We'll like to see really profound changes over the very long term. Uh, but for the foreseeable future, there is going to be significant demand for sophisticated hybrid solutions that just makes people's lives and interactions with corporations and with government departments much more frictionless uh, with faster resolution times. And I think that's uh, an all-round social good. Thank you very much again for your time today, Carl. Um, and as always, thank you everybody for, for tuning in and listening and watching. We really appreciate uh, you taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. Uh, and as always, if you enjoyed uh, the discussion, please follow and like on the platforms that you use to listen to podcasts. Thanks very much. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.